This is Metal Mike, and in this episode, we explore the later era of rock and metal, 2011 to 2021. It's clearly not the 80s anymore, but there's still a ton of cool releases. My buddy Ryan joins me. You gotta check this out. Ryan, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm doing great. Good to be back. Well, we got an oddball uh, decade here we're trying to cover, 2011 to 2021. And it's weird, I'm not trying to discredit any of the music from this time frame, but I feel like the whole year of 1987 had more going on than, than 2011 to 2021. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, man, I scraped a bit and then kind of the levee broke. And I did put together, I think, what would be a kind of a strong list with a really good mix of uh, a couple monsters and a little bit of classic, but some really good new bands that I was pretty stoked to see come out and do a really good, true-to-form job in this this decade. Nice. You know, I think for me, I actually pulled out a few that were were rare for me. I feel like I'm always going to the same well, but for this one, this is like my oddest list that I've ever done on any of the shows, so I'm excited about it. <laughs> but yes, I do agree that 87 would probably kill this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the crazy thing, man, I gotta say, I, bet I probably got about four different messages within the last two weeks. And it's all from people that have like just discovered the podcast. So it's, it's kind of surprising, oh. you know, like I guess when you do something for long enough, I mean, people are going to discover it. But now like, you know, in case I was ready to like hang it up, I, I, I got to get going. I got to keep going. Man, there's four people. There's four newcomers. So I got I got to keep it going for them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's hopefully they're, uh, they're catching on and maybe they're listening to some of the, the top 10s and 15s and, and interviews and they're getting introduced to new music. Crazy though for anybody there there was one guy that said he started from the beginning and I was like oh my god like there's like over 160 episodes you, you got a ways to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's kind of how I started I started with Jay Pepper and next thing you know I I pretty much have nailed all of them you know I, I it's great it's it's always good for the car and all that so yeah uh, you, you got some fans out there man. Awesome man all four of them I'm stoked. No <laughs> 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 uh, there's there's a couple more than that okay. Well, we got a, a hefty list. This is going to be 15 from 2011 to 2021. Uh, we'll jump right in. You go first, buddy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, cool. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, number 15. Yeah. I have Shy. Shy is making a little return. So it was their self-titled. Um, and yet another different singer in Lee Small. It's got a very good 80s keyboard-driven AOR melodic middle. Um, you can't replace Tony Mills, who we both really like. Yep. And I love the Welcome to the Madhouse album that we talked about in 94. But this is impressive for 2011. Um, check out Ran Out of Time. That could easily be like one of those... 80s soundtrack songs and then uh blood on the line is another one it's a my only knock is it's quite the simple album cover it's basically back in black slash metallica black album with just says shy and like 
off white. So, uh, wow. but yeah, it, it's a cool album and um, very very throwback ish. They must have been feeling kind of shy at that time. They didn't want to put themselves on the cover. Oh, <laughs> but um, I, I dude, I didn't know that they ever had anyone else sing besides Tony Mills. Did not know that. Yeah, yeah, they had that other guy um, on that Welcome to the Madhouse from '94, and that's a damn good album. That one is that was in my can't remember what, where it was, but definitely in the top ten of that that year when we did like '94, '96, I believe. Oh, and that one had, so, that um, one had a different singer too. I did okay. I wasn't picking up on that. Yeah. Yeah, it did, and he's really strong. So, um, you know, Tony Mills' Shy was the classic version and got a lot of good hits. But, you know, this is really, um, it's right there. I think this is probably when Mills was in TNT. Probably. Makes sense. All right, I got to do a quick yeah. one. 15 and a half. This one was on my list. It got knocked off the list. It probably deserves to be knocked off the list, but I'm going to at least just throw a, a shout out or a put down to Kiss Monster. It is my least favorite Kiss album. <laughs> It's just the song quality is not there. The voice quality, especially of Paul, has, has hit a real plateau where it's it, it's getting pretty rough. The vocals, it's a vocal you don't necessarily want to hear on record. But um, a couple okay tracks on it that do stand out. Heller Hallelujah was the first single, which wasn't bad. But the coolest song on it is All for the Love of Rock and Roll, sung by Eric mm-hmm. Singer. So so it, it's like you got a good vocal, you got a good song, but um, Monster is probably my least favorite Kiss album. So there we go. I see. Wow, that that's saying something for you to put it at fifteen and a half fun of your favorite band. Right, right. So instead, let's talk about kicks. Rock your face off. Yeah, this has got great sound, catchy tunes. I've never been huge into kicks, but I really love Blow My Fuse. And I feel like this mm-hmm. has a lot of the Blow My Fuse vibe. And it also has a lot of, it almost feels more classic Rocky than uh, maybe some of their stuff did in the 80s. But uh, real catchy stuff, man. Tail on the Wag, Wheels in Motion, uh, Rolling in Honey. It's just, it's a fun album. It's good stuff. So if you haven't heard that one, I feel, I feel like Steve Whitman, he sounds in prime form. The whole band sounds great. and It's good songs. It's good stuff. Yeah, I like it. I had a major kicks phase. And I still really love it. I, I do think that blow my Fu- blow my fuse is still my favorite. Yeah. Um, I'll have to I'll have to re-engage in this one because uh, I did get the, I think it was called Funny Business or something like that in like night in like the mid nineties, and then they didn't really do yeah. much till this one. So I'll have to get it again and, and check it out because uh, it's been a while. Yeah, you know what I think too. I'm gonna just throw this out there right now is that. What I think, at least in my defense, what I think happened during this era is that there was so much stuff coming out, and this was the era of like streaming and listening to it online. And if like it didn't catch you right off the bat, like it almost you got lost, and you almost went to the next thing. So like you really had to be like playing these things over and over again for them to kind of get stuck into your head. But I do feel like there was albums because I noticed when I was making my list, I found like there would be an album. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that came out, but I never went back to check it out. You know I mean? It was just like, I don't totally. know, time, you know, time is just flying and you just miss it. I don't know. But so I feel like some of the stuff, it, it wasn't that it was bad. It just kind of missed my radar. You know what? That's cool that you mentioned that because in doing the research per album, I would come upon a band and then go on kind of like tangents and it would be like a member of a band from another classic band or i would you know suggested albums i'm like whoa you know so it was like an eye-opening 
decades of study. So yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that we're getting into it again. Definitely. What do you got for your next one, brother? All right, 14, 14. I got a band. I may be butchering it, but Osukaru. O-S-U-K-A-R-U. Osukaru. And the guy's first name is Oz. Let's just call him Oz. Um, <laughs> he's a, uh, it's a Swedish band, I believe. And it's, he, this guy Oz is the, like the guitarist brainchild of this band. It's, it's got this like total huge throwback, catchy sound. It's, it's, it's huge. It's great. Um, they have a bunch of albums that fit this 10 year stretch, but, uh, they get better as they get closer to 2021 and more of up like the, the big Def Leppard. That's that band, BB Steel, and like big winger first two albums, and like up that alley of like really big catchiness. Um, this album in particular is from 21. It's called Starbound, and I highly suggest this album. And um, try songs called Shut It Out and Joker. Um, and the only reason this album isn't in my top five is I literally just discovered these guys uh nod to my buddy nick who turned me on to him and um knew that they'd be right up my alley and it's only been like a couple months so uh i haven't really mastered them yet but highly suggest checking these guys out if you want to get that big throwback catchy sound nice very cool never heard of that but uh that sounds good sounds good to me man yeah neither neither had i <laughs> catchy swedish it's, it's got a lot of the it's checking a lot of the boxes I know. All right. I had to put for 14, I got to put Striper, No More Hell to Pay. And um, and I think I wanted to just throw some Striper out there because there's a lot of great Striper albums that take place between 11 and 21. But mm-hmm. do I, does anyone really stand out to me more than another? It could be a process of just like too much coming out, not having enough time to digest it, whatever. But um, when I went back and I revisited No More Hell to Pay, it is really solid. It probably is more of the 80s vibe going on on this one. Um, obviously, the title track's really cool, but there's a couple songs that really stand out to me, and they have for a long time, and that's why I put it on the list. But Water to Wine and Saved mm-hmm. by Love, I love those songs. But listen to Water to Wine. It's so 80s. It's super catchy. It's like that fist-pumping type of a song. But uh, you got to give Striper, you got to give Michael Sweet and Striper credit because they've really put out some solid output. Uh, or, you know, some solid albums. But like I said, I, you know, do they all do it for me? Probably not. But, you know, another thing, let's just throw this out there. I feel like this is an era, too, where, like, a lot of solid songs, but I don't know if it's complete great albums. You buying that? Yeah, but I was going to say, like, every time you throw out a Striper record on your list, mm-hmm. you dig deep into the album tracks. And, like, without Water to Wine, I believe you talked to me about before, and it's, like, way down there number eight or something yes. like that you know like deep like it's you're you're preaching back to the album tape cd days when yeah. you actually had to listen to the whole damn thing so i preach that you go off the album tracks yeah yeah but i do feel like there's a few and, and maybe we'll mention it when we get done we're like i really like one or two songs but the rest of the album doesn't do anything for me so then it's hard to put it on the list you know what i mean yeah, and the thing with Striper is, like, I'm a Striper fan, but not a super fan. And when I see new stuff come out, which is a lot, um, I feel like their introductory single is Striper being a real hard. 
Yeah. And I kind of stop and I and I give up a little and I'm like, right. damn, you know, and like the songs you've mentioned are not that, thus they speak to me more. Right. So I need to be listening to the, the entire album, um, as you suggest. Yeah, you're right, because, you know, granted, they've had some heavy ones, but uh, I think the era that most people can relate to are, is like, uh, you know, To Hell With The Devil and In God We Trust and stuff like that. So, it, and, and those singles were the first, the first singles always were very commercial, you know what I mean? So, like, now when they come out, right, they're trying to be all hard and stuff, but I wish they would, yeah. today, even to this day, I wish they'd put out a real sappy, like, commercial too, and it would be great. <laughs> I know. I don't know. What are you going to do? Alright, 13. 13. I got a somewhat of a Christian-ish band. They're called Adrian Gale. And the, the, the Christian relation is that the, uh, the lead singer is Jamie Rowe from uh, Guardian. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, so they have like a ton of albums, like eight albums in this this ten year phase, and uh, around then their their debut I don't think fits the yeah it's, it's way older than that, but it's really killer. They have like uh, three that fit this phase. Um, Jamie Rowe is just that like hidden gem guy. If you haven't heard him in Guardian, you're like really missing out because I don't think anybody can listen to him and think that he has a, a bad voice. He's like Janie Lane. It's just mm-hmm. like. He's just universally killer. Um, plus, and then doing a little bit of research, I didn't even know that uh, Jamie Rowe was the singer for a band called Tempest. And there's two albums, Eye of the Storm and A Coming Storm. And they're from 88 89, respectively. And I had their tapes from like 20 years ago at the flea market, and I didn't even know it was him. He's a little younger, and his voice is higher. But this band really delivered. Um, they're just super... Melodic hard rock, true to form, big hooks, choruses, and um, I don't know if you like suggest or not suggest, but um, if these guys are a, in the Christian category, it's just Jamie Rowe was in a Christian band in Guardian. I just don't know if Adrian Gale is really fitting that one. But anyway, um, they're great. Check them out. Uh, I think they're all on Spotify, and I believe it's one word: Adrian Gale. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's that's a new one. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. All right. You can't get away. Won't break the chain to the touch of I, I've got an oddball one that probably a lot of people haven't heard of, but I've got uh, the band Station with the album uh, More Than the Moon. <laughs> and you heard these guys? They're my next one. <laughs> oh, sweet. So uh, their singer, man, Patrick Kearney, I feel like he's like a – it's funny you mentioned Janie Lane because I feel like he's got some characteristics of Janie Lane and Kip Winger in his voice. He kind of goes high. He can be, he can be a little screechy, kind of like the way uh, Kip is, a little raspy. But it's so melodic and so catchy. I love the title track, More Than the Moon, Cost of the Sand. That totally just reminds me of Winger. I don't mind. But, uh yeah. Definitely a throwback band doing the 80s thing, and they're younger guys, and it's just cool that, that you know there's some young dudes uh, keeping this kind of music alive. So, Station, More Than the Moon. That's killer, dude. I have their 2015 one uh, as the, the one that stand out for me as number 12. And um, the vocalist, actually, I have in my notes here, it says he reminds me a lot of the Heaven's Edge singer. Oh, okay, so, yeah. 
yeah, I don't know if anybody picked up on that or if, if you would pick up on that, um, but it might be more because it's on that second out or the, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, the 2015 album. Um, but I do have the, oh, yeah, More Than the Moon. I said their second album was really great, too. So anyway, uh, I like the song uh, Dressed to Kill and uh, Bitter with the Better. And I thought they were like a really good retro-ish throwback band. So that's pretty cool that we had them uh, back-to-back. That is cool. Very cool. All right, number 12. This is a weird one. It's going to make total sense to anybody who knows uh, my music. <laughs> Animetal USA, man. Uh, two albums of anime covers. We got Mike Vissera on lead vocals. We've got uh, Appellatary <laughs> on guitar, Sarzo on bass, and I'm not sure. It's either certain albums. One album has Scott Travis, one has John Dette or whatever. Who play? I think he was in uh, Testament or something. Who knows? But some some killer guys on the drums. And, uh, you know, this is weird. This is probably not for everyone. <laughs> but uh, I'm good with this kind of stuff, man. They do, like, Dragon Ball Z songs and, and Gotcha Man and all this kind of stuff. But there's a couple cool things that, that, that I want to point out. Could I tell you, like, one song from another or what out? Al- you know, the two albums that they have, they sound... It's all the same kind of stuff. It's just, you know, anime songs uh, done in a better yeah. way. If you like anime, you probably would really go crazy over this. I'm not familiar with all those songs. But uh, the cool things, a couple cool things that they do is they integrate, like, metal riffs that are that you know, like Flight of Icarus or The Mob Rules. Like, they'll just bust out something like that and throw it in one of these songs as just like a little a morsel for you to pick up on your ears. But uh, another cool thing I want to just mention about is Vissera. And I'm a Vissera nut. I've been, on a, I've been on a hardcore trip listening to the Loudness Vissera albums over the past couple yeah. days. But um, one cool thing that he's really good at, he did this for the On the Prowl album. You know, they had Japanese uh, lyric songs, and he rewrote them in English, almost even made them into different creations. And I feel like he did the same thing with these songs. These anime songs, I believe, are all in Japanese and he kind of translated them and did his own thing in English. So this is a little trick that he does uh, off and on in his career. Uh, talked to him about it when he was on the podcast. But yeah, it's just a, it's a fun album. It's something you ain't going to listen to daily. <laughs> but just everyone, you know, you might have a nice little happy head-bobbing, head-banging thing going on when you hear him. So yeah, and a Metal USA. That's cool. I remember him talking about that. He kind of off the cuff very nonchalant dropped that one when you guys did the interview yeah and i never checked it out i don't even <laughs> i couldn't pick it out so i'll have to check this one out i know that the gaming world is sure lucrative so hopefully he's uh taking advantage of that yeah and then he's done he's done some disney he did like a disney battle album. so Vasera just like you know he, he could do all these kind of crazy things and pull it off so god bless him nice good yeah all right man 11 11 i got great white in full circle from 2017 and i chose this one because it's got terry is from uh, xyz mm-hmm. so um he made two albums with great white in this time frame but i gotta say i really like this one a lot more it's much more of like a full sound it has that blues influence still but uh with with terry singing it definitely combines the um the hard rock stuff with their blue stuff because I like Great White, but I don't love Great White. They mm-hmm. get a little too bluesy for me yeah. in some of their older albums. But um, 
when they rock it up a little bit more, I do like them more. So uh, this one fits. There's a cool song called Big Time. And um, I actually saw them at the boardwalk. We have a beach boardwalk here in Santa Cruz. And uh, they played that year. I think it was, yeah, 2017. And it was really cool to see them. So um, I really like this album. And I thought he fit great. I wish they still had him. <laughs> is, that, is this the album that he called you out on that, that you hadn't heard at that time? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the one. All right. <laughs> now, that you felt guilted. You needed to get to know that album, right? <laughs> I did, yeah. And then since then, I really like it. So nice. <laughs> that was pretty funny. All right. Number 11. I had to go with a heavy hitter. Um, Alice Cooper, man. Paranormal. And um, oh. just want to say this is not his greatest album. Uh, it's a lot better than Welcome to My Nightmare 2. I hated Welcome to My Nightmare 2. I don't, I don't know why. I just, oh boy, I just dropped my recording device. No, no worries. Um, uh, I, don't, I, I like that album for some reason. I, I think I had really high hopes. It was the first album he did back with Bob Ezrin. And I'm like, oh man, Welcome to My Nightmare is so good. And the, the follow-up was not good. That tends to happen. You know, sequels tend to be worse than the originals for the most part. Um, right. But um, there's some cool stuff on here. It's not his greatest album. I think he did way better albums, well, obviously in the 70s and 80s, but I, I, I thought Cooper was really hitting his stride in the early 2000s with Brutal Planet and the Eyes of Alice Cooper. But there's yeah, some cool songs. Um, Dead Flies, um, Paranoid Personality. That's the best song on the album. That was the first single. So for that, when I heard that song, I was like, oh my God, this album's going to kick major ass. And it, it just really didn't. But it, I mean, it's got some solid tracks. Fallen in Love. He, all these tracks have like different guests. Like that's got the dude from Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. And it kind of feels like mm. Alice doing a ZZ Top thing. Uh, Public Private Breakdown is another cool track. I want to say there's three or four tracks that he brings back all the surviving members of the original Alice Cooper band. So there's some cool things happening there. Not as good as some of the stuff that came before, but some pretty solid stuff. Well, what was better, this sequel or Operation Mindcrime 2? <laughs> oh, definitely Operation Mindcrime 2. That's, I'll be honest, <laughs> like, no, that's not as good as Operation Mindcrime, but there's a couple of cool moments. There's some cool, when Dio comes on and he sings the part of, uh, of Dr. X or whatever, that's pretty cool. Dude, yeah, I, I actually thought that was pretty cool. That yeah. that whole follow up album. Yeah, they they did all right with that one. There's a couple misses, but for the most, there's like a there's I can't remember. I'd have to go back and uh, wait. What year was that album? Am I missing that on this list? Probably am. Huh? I don't no, know. no, that was that was probably like two, somewhere like... between 2005 and 2007. I think somewhere in that. Yeah, that's when that was. Yep. Okay. okay. All right. A little yeah. detour there. Okay. We didn't miss that <laughs> one. All right. Good. There we go. 2006. Okay. All right. Oh, no, that was six. Okay. Hey, look at that. I, I was just using my brain. I didn't. I was. I was just guessing. I was right on target. Uh, Perfect. Number ten. Metal instincts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> ten. All right. Number ten. So I only, like I said, I only have a couple monsters on here. I got Def Leppard. Um, I got Def Leppard's self-titled album from 2015 oh nice and they got some really quality stuff on here in let's go and dangerous and they they really carry the album they have these very big throwback def leopard pour some it, it's very pour some sugar on me 
Uh, and then they got a song called We Belong, which is really cool because it features um, all the members singing lead vocals. And after that, it's kind of typical new school Def Leppard, but it's still okay. Um, but I would say like the, the first side of the album really carries it. And then the rest of it I could live without. But I did incorporate it because they gave it a good shot. They tried to give uh, some hysteria nod on this album, and it worked for a couple of them. And then they uh, kind of you know treated themselves artistically <laughs> the rest of the time. But yeah, there's only, like I said, there's like two or three giants on my list. Other than that, it's all kind of out there stuff. But uh, yeah, definitely had to, to give Leopard the nod at number 10. number 10 i got um gathering of kings uh i'm gonna go with oh yeah yeah first mission so i think this whole thing you know once again you know in the spotify era i'm gonna be honest you know i don't have this album i just jam on it on my spotify it's hard to know like who's who right so you gotta you gotta do a little homework but uh i know the the whole project's uh headed by victor olsen and you know basically what he's got is he brings in different singers you know from all the different bands that play like that euro metal i I don't think on this one but i want to say the next album and there's like three they're all good uh it's got the guy from nocturnal rights he sings on a track and basically it's just a lot of those dudes from that are from that you know genre that that sing uh, a track so you might have three or four vocalists that kind of alternate which also makes it kind of cool like there's a little variety there but uh it's very 80s, very 80s. Uh, Forever in a Day is a great song. Savior, Out of My Life, and uh, a lot of keyboards. It almost reminds me of like early, eight, you know, like or eight, maybe even mid 80s Europe. You know what I mean? It's got a lot of that going on. Mm, yeah. And, uh, it's just fun. I'm sure there's people that know a lot more about it than I do. But if you haven't heard Gathering of Kings, just plug that on, man. And uh, you know the fun. I'll tell you the funny story of where how I found these guys. You know, like all right. I know this is an old man here, but, you know, sometimes it could be on a Saturday or Sunday. I'm a little tired. I put on the Spotify, and I take a, a nap, you know? And, uh, yeah, that's and, fine. And I, I just, maybe I have, like, I don't even know what I'm listening to, but you'll wake up to something sometimes that you didn't even, you know, select, like Spotify selected it for you. And I remember waking up to Gathering of Kings. I was like, holy shit. This is awesome. What is this? You know, and then uh, you know, then I can't. I went back to it for future naps. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, you know, it was just uh, you know, no. It's, it it kind of popped up randomly on my Spotify and uh, been hooked on ever since. Gathering of Kings. Hey, it woke you up out of the REM phase, man. This you got to say, say something about it. <laughs> you got it. Oh my God, we're just cruising up through this thing. Number nine. Number nine. I got a band called Young Blood, and the album's called No Retreat from 2012 um so the story behind this album is that they had this album in the can since 89 but i just don't know if i buy that and maybe it was you know maybe it's everyone's dream to have like a an album like oh we're gonna quote unquote i have this album that i recorded in 89 but i'm gonna release it in 2000 whatever just to like basically make an excuse for writing an 80s album in the 2000s yeah um but it sounds, I mean, it's very 80s-ish sounding, and I could be, you know, it could be a true story, and I could be full of shit. But I don't know. It, it's too good to be true. It's like, it's like, you know, you're running as a Democrat, and then all of a sudden you get elected, and you go, just kidding, I'm a Republican. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's about, it's about like that. So It sounds like a um, hair metal conspiracy. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. We could have added that one. Um, 
but it's a great album. It highlights, you know, got a lot of good highlights. Um, Heat of the Passion and my favorite song is called Back in My Life. Um, I check out the album and it's, um, you know, very well produced, big album cover. Uh, yeah, I, I'd give it a shot. I, I just, I just don't know if I'm sold on the fact that it's been sitting there for 10 years, 12 years at that point when it was released. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Youngblood. Yeah, you, you, sometimes you never know with that stuff. Sometimes they're pulling you <laughs> back. Know. Sometimes they're not. Uh, Good marketing ploy. Yeah, yeah, right. That'll that will. Yeah, this was made in the eighties. Oh, I'm in. Okay. So for number nine, I got Love Killers, self-titled. This has uh, Tony Hartnell on it. It's a front. I believe this is a Frontiers creation. Like. You know, there's a bunch of like oh. Swedish dudes that made some music that sounded like TNT. Then uh, Frontiers hires Tony and he sings on it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think he's super into this album. You know what I mean? I, I'm just going by some vibes I was getting <laughs> when, I, when I interviewed him. I could probably <laughs> now that we're far away from this album, I could probably talk about it that at this point without any. And he's back in TNT. He doesn't give a shit. But uh, but uh, I, I don't think I think there's there was some. He just wasn't happy with this when it came out for whatever reason. But he, he wouldn't really get into it. But um, uh, Hurricane is a great song. It actually sounds like a part two of Intuition. Across the Ocean has got a huge chorus. And once again, it's all that kind of music with Tony Hardell on it. It sounds great. Ball and Chain is another cool song. Uh, the whole album is good. You can just sit and listen to it. Listen to it. If you like Tony Hardell, you like TNT. I mean, you don't have Latikro's leads in there, you know, and all the, the crazy shit that he does. But uh, when Tony Hardell is doing this kind of stuff, you know, it, it's definitely going to be good. And you know what it also reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of that Sweet Oblivion stuff that Jeff Tate does. I think this is same type of uh, vibe, you know? Like, somebody creates something that sounds like the original band the guy was in, and then the guy sings on it. That, that's the vibe I'm getting. So, could be like a, a manufactured project, but it, it's still, it's a good listen. Shit, I'm gonna check it out. I've never heard it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna like that. Alright, man. Number eight. Number eight, I got a band called Tokyo Motor Fist. Yeah, you know them? Oh, these guys are great with Ted Foley. I kind of for- see this is yeah. one I, I forgot about. Yep, yep. You know, I wish they wouldn't have named it Tokyo Motor Fist. I don't understand that name whatsoever. No. But no. I, I don't. Whatever. <laughs> but this one, I got uh, their debut from 2017, and all you need to hear to sell it on this album is the song called "Put Me to Shame." It's got this Cinderella Def Leppard hugeness that is so perfect. But uh, Done to Me, another song called Further Shows That Steve Brown Def Leppard influence on this. But um, the first song on the album also rules. I mean, I, I would. It actually fooled me because it came up random on Spotify. And I was like, oh, what is this? This is killer. This has got to be something from 90. And it was this. And I was like, oh, shit, it's Tokyo Motor Fist. I better pay attention. So I believe they just have two albums, but uh, yeah, Poli yep. sounds great, and the guitar work is amazing. I would definitely check it out, and I'm actually kind of bummed at this point that it's number eight and not higher. <laughs> no, you know what they should have named their project, dude? Danger Tricks. Ooh. Right? Danger Tricks. Danger Tricks. T-R-I-X? Yeah! Huh? 
And they, they and they already probably play songs by both bands. Come on, Tokyo Motorfest or Danger Tricks with an X. Get the hell out of here. That, may, maybe <laughs> even two X's. <laughs> yes, yes. The more of the X's, the better. Uh, but God, um, it wrote itself. Yeah, dude. They just should have checked with me first. <laughs> they would have been wise. All right. Well, I got to go to my usual bag of tricks, a band that pops up on many of my lists, even though I have had some rare ones. I've, I've got to go for some classics. Ice Earth. Dystopia. Oh, nice. Uh, All right. This is the first one with Stu Block and for on lead vocals and the vibe that i kind of start to get with ice earth here is it almost reminds me of ingvay because like we've got all like we always get a, a different singer after a few albums it feels like but then the singer's always good but he's very similar to like a guy that might have been from before you know that kind of happens with ingvay so yeah. like uh, okay tim ripper is in a, his own category but Stu block sounds a lot like uh matt barlow at least when he sings for ice earth so Oh, I just cool. was kind of getting the Ingvay vibes, but you know, this is a typical fair. It kind of goes back between heavy stuff and like more of like dramatic and acoustical stuff. But I think one of their best songs, and there's no joke, I think this is one of their best songs. is called Anthem, and it is so catchy. It's got such a cool vibe. Everything about it is cool. But um, the title track's great. Boiling Point, Anguish of Youth, um, and I think the cool thing that happens with Ice Earth, and, and this happens on other albums it's not just this one it almost sounds like a different band from like like from one song to another at times so when they do that acoustical stuff they almost give off like an alice in chains vibe you know when, when, when alice in chains does that more of like a acoustical stuff but then when they do metal yeah. it's like full-on you know maiden testament you know all that kind of shit so i think it's cool they have a cool dynamic but you know I think for this album, there's only two dynamics, so it, it's cool, but it just kind of like, oh, we got our, our mellow, acoustical, drum, dramatic song, oh, we got a wicked heavy song, but uh, it, it's a great album, and if anything, just listen to the song Anthem, it, it, it carries the album, so. Nice, yeah, I definitely had uh, started listening to that, their whole catalog when you turned me on to them a few podcasts ago, so Sweet. I'll get, I'll dig deeper into this one. That's what it's all about, we turn each other on to different... Uh, bands, hopefully other people, you know, all those fans that listen in, in South Africa and Singapore, they discover <laughs> new music. Let's go. All right. All right. What's your seven? That's right. All right. Number seven. I got the band Heat. So, yeah. Is this guy Eric on it? Yeah, yeah, totally, dude. They yeah, they got the they got like four albums in this this era, but and two live albums. But um, their first one is that like super pure arena rock, and their second one is more aggressive, and their third is like almost industrial. But their fourth fits the time frame, and it's um, Heat Two, which I think is like a conscious effort to get back to their first album's roots. And you got Eric Grunwald on vocals, and that guy just freaking kills it. And I wished that the Skid Row album had come out in 21, so I could have incorporated it. That's how much I like that yeah, dude. Yeah. So uh, he's a great singer, and he's just such a good showman, and he's so appreciative. He went through the, again, leukemia. So he's, you know, he's just even more appreciative for life. And he's just a, a good, seems like a great dude, and he's just so excited to be up on stage with that band. So 
I really like Heat. They were a, a new band that came out and actually did it for me, which is rare, like we talked about. But yeah, yeah so, so I'm really stoked on these guys. Cool, man. I, I do have a lot of respect for him. He sounds great. I'm glad he's in Skid Row. I, I've stumbled across some Heat in my day. It sounds kind of funny saying it that way. But, uh, um, <laughs> I don't, you know, it, it sounded really good. I just want to, you know, same thing I've always said. You're just you're getting bombarded with different stuff, and, you know, you're scrolling through YouTube or Twitter, and you give something a chance, and then, boom, you're on to the next thing. It's, it's kind of like they've created this weird, the whole world, the way the world operates now, you know, the, with social media. And it's like nobody spends a lot of time on anything. You know, they're just moving on to the next thing. And I, and I feel like music's kind of suffered because of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's why, like, when you, like the Striper thing, you tell me an album track off a Striper album, that, that tells me that you really listen to the whole thing. Yeah. And it helps when you're, like, zoning out, like, if you're, you know, working on the house, driving, yes. doing yep. something like that, yep. and you got something playing in the background, that's when you really let it play versus mindless scrolling like yeah. <laughs> so many do. Yep. So, oh, yeah. But, yeah. These, this is a catalog that you could really just kind of let play and you probably won't be disappointed. All right, number seven, man. I got Kings of Dust, their self-titled album. Greg Chason from uh, Badlands. Uh, it's his band. Oh, yeah, that's and, right. Uh, yeah. It's great stuff, man. It's like heavy metal blues. It's a lot like Badlands uh, in some ways, kind of Sabbathy in others. Uh, the singer Mike uh, Beck, he's great. And, and the craziest thing is, if you listen to him, he's like Jeff Tate meets Ian Gillen. You know what I mean? Like it, it is really oh, yeah. an oddball mix of a voice. And, and to even have the Jeff Tate Jeff Tate thing going on on bluesy rock is is weird in itself, but uh, it works. And it takes a little bit for like the hooks to kick in. I feel like on this album, like there's a lot of good jamming going on, and then I feel like you get like midway, and then all of a sudden they really got the hooks going. You know what I mean? Um, uh, like an ocean, my peace of mind. Um, yeah, that's me. Very cool stuff. Very seventies. Um, Wolves. That's a nice song. That's a, that's a, that one sounds totally like Badlands. Very heavy. But um, nice. I think with this one, this was this is old school, and in the respect, and I'll explain is that he mailed me the CD. I, I think it was maybe I don't remember if it was before or after the interview, but I he, he mailed it to me, and he and he signed it, which was very cool. And then oh, in nice. turn, I just kept playing it in my car over and over and over again, and I felt like it was fun. It was like the old way of doing things, you know. I need to do that more often. Oh yeah. Uh, is is the you know and people are probably screaming at me like you should have been doing that all along well you know <laughs> you know yeah I, I'm I'm a victim of the streaming thing but uh, yeah it was just like going total old school just jamming on a CD over and over again and then it hits you it's like wow this is great you know it's really really digging it and the whole album it's it's like an album it's not this is definitely not like some oh you're just gonna like a song or two this is just a vibe you got to listen to the whole album and uh, it's just good stuff I know I think he's doing something different. I think he's got a different singer, but maybe some of the same backup guys, and it's called Atomic King. So he's a great guy. I wish him a lot of luck in, in whatever he does, but uh, you can check out Kings. If you want to be a streamer like I am sometimes, this is on Spotify, so you can check it out. That's good. I, I remember the interview, and it's from 2020, if I recall, and the yep. album cover was really cool. Yeah, it is. It was it kind of cool. like, yep. like a, yeah, like a retro in the desert or something like that. Album yeah. Cover. Yep. Yeah. 
I like it a lot. I'll have to check out the album again, though. It's been a while. Yeah, number six. Okay, number six, I got Kane Roberts making his return. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> That's right. He had a newer album in this era. Yeah. Yeah, he's got, I think, a couple, but I chose the one called Unsung Radio from 2012. Oh, that's like unreleased tracks, right? Yeah, there's like a mixed bag of stuff. So he's got that um, that song called Reckless, and if you remember that movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg, when he went back into the studio after like he was kind of over it in the movie, and he started singing the song, and he started like rapping, and they're like, Dude, what are you doing? And he's like, "What? This is how you want me to do it." But it's it's this song called "Reckless," and I always was like, "Whoa, that's a killer song. What is that?" And then I listened to Kane Roberts, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's that Mark Wahlberg song from Rockstar." So it's recorded. It's a great song, um, but a lot of this is from I don't know if it's re-recorded or what, but it's from his band from 1999 called Phoenix Down. Oh. But it's a lot of really good stuff, and there's this stuff is more like his first two solo albums, which I obviously love. Um, there is like a double disc out there of this with like 30 songs on it, but this one that I've been listening to has like 12 songs or whatever, and they're all really good. So um, I would give this one a shot for sure. It, it is streaming called Unsung Radio, but um, it's it's very true to form uh kane roberts big stuff yeah i you know i remember this album as well and and i gotta go back and revisit it because i remember checking it out and enjoying it but uh yeah it just it missed it missed my radar for this list yeah all right i'm so stoked to put this next band on my list this high so number six called Salem's Lot and the album is Mask of Morality man it's so good it's like thrash glam it's like if you mix Blackie and David Reese and Lizzie Borden and all these guys it's just it's all this stuff thrown together it's so good man Monroe Black is the singer like you said he he his voice if you took the way David Reese sings on uh, Eat the Heat and you mixed it with Blackie Lawless and even maybe a little bit more nastier sound and you'd get his voice on this album and his brother uh jet black is the guitar player uh k chaos is, is on bass he's also a really good lead player he posts a lot of youtube videos um you can't hide the beast inside such a great song royal desperado uh fatal attraction i love this album man and if you haven't heard these guys you gotta jam on them because it's such like old school metal that it's not even funny the sad thing is, is I want to say this album was either like, it's like 2017, 18, 19, something like that. And they haven't done anything since. They're, they've really been inactive on social media. I hope by being on the podcast tonight, this will re- rejuvenate their careers. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, I do wish they would come back because they're a great band. Damn, I've never heard of them. Well, I'll be sending you some tracks. <laughs> All right, I'll check them out. Oh, man, we're cruising. Number five. Number five. I got your boys. Pretty Boy Floyd, Public Enemy. (laughs) (laughs) 
I got them going with Run For Your Life, Shock the World, Feel the Heat, Seven Minutes in Heaven. I mean, dude, those songs are all killer. They're like pretty much where Leather Boys would have been like a perfect follow-up, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, got that very consistent glam metal 80s with that tiny update, which really works for me. Um, I don't want to insult you because I know you guys, you, you know, you know this way more than I do, but uh, this album is like just awesome it what was it uh 2018 i yeah, think it, i'm just there. so yeah. happy to see a band with the, the balls to release this in the modern day so yeah. yeah i love this album it's been one of my pretty much Floyd favorites for a long time i'm glad you mentioned this album because i'm gonna just have to give some of my honest thoughts about it and i'm just gonna be honest the pretty boy floyd boys will forgive me i don't like this album that much i don't oh. know why I, I my favorite song on it is painted on that, to me, is a total glammy, typical Pretty Boy Floyd song. I love that song. Like, that's one of my favorite Pretty Boy Floyd songs. But the rest of the album, I don't know. They feel like they're just, you know when you talk about Striper trying to be hard? I feel like there's a lot of, of that going on on here. Like, I just feel like they're trying to be, like, heavy in some spots. And it's just like, i just rather hear more, like, glammy commercial stuff. And because um, I loved Mother Boy so much. And I even thought the stuff that the, for their follow-up, you know, like uh, Desperate and, uh, or is it, is it Desperate? No, Restless. Restless and and uh, Hands Off My Radio, Tonight Belongs to the Young. Like, I love all those yeah. songs. And this just, I don't know. This doesn't work for me. I don't know why. I want it to work, but um, I can't keep Damn. listening to an album and have it not connect. You know, just eventually there's just not enough time in the day for that kind of stuff. So just give my honest opinion. I don't love it as a whole, but I do like a few of the spots of it. So, Oh, wow. I'm shocked. I thought you were going to have it at, like, number one or two, to be honest. Oh, man. It's not even it's not even on my list. I'm, I'm, Ooh, it all me, right. It pains me to say that. And, and, and um, I'm sure that Christy and, and Steve Summers do not approve, but um, it, it is what it well, is. Well, maybe you'll have – You'll probably have ACBC and Van Halen as number one and number two. There we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, one of those, for sure. Okay. Uh, all right. So, th- I'm, okay, I'm shocked that I got this album on this list this time. And it's Manowar, uh, Lord of Steel. And I guess mm, for okay. me, that Bad Man Award is better than most of the shit that came out from 2011 to 2012. So, or 2021, excuse me. But um, Lord of Steel has got some hits and misses. There's some cool stuff that I really like. I love the song Born in a Grave. I love Righteous Glory, Touch the Skies. Very kind of commercially, like, a, it reminds me of oh, some of that stuff that like Priest did on Angel of Retribution. It kind of reminds me of that. Um, Expendables kind of fun. I think Joey Joey wanted it to be uh, have a song in a Stallone movie, but Stallone didn't use it. So you got you had a movie called <laughs> a song called Expendables. It didn't make the movie. But um, for me, the biggest problem, and it's sad, is that Eric Adams just sounds like he's kind of phoning it in in spots, and he's got such a cool uh-huh. voice, you know. But I think they got the stuff tuned down kind of low. He's singing kind of lower, and he doesn't really break out too much on this one. But um, Overall, like I said, there's quite a bit of it I do like. It's not their greatest album, but I think for this era, it, it probably holds up pretty well. So, yeah, Man of War, number five. All right. Um, is this where? Where did this rank in your in your Man of War top 
10 or whatever you, you guys did that um, on your, your I think list. we ranked the whole catalog and this was like second to last so this just shows you yeah it, it ain't my favorite man or album by any stretch of the imagination but but I didn't put I, see. It, I didn't put it as their worst no got it all right number four <laughs> All right, number four, I got Midnight City. Um, you know, it's not too often I get reeled in by a new glam band, but these dudes really hooked me. Yes, um, awesome. I know Rob is a great friend to the podcast, yep. and I'm, he's a total true rocker. Um, I love his adoration for Danger Danger and his no apologies for all things glam. Um, he's got his Tiger Tails ties yep. and just like that that endless love for the genre. And I just, I really dig their self-titled debut in 2017. Um, so far, their new album sounds like it's going to be a great one too. So um, Midnight City, it's like I said, it's rare to hook me on something new, but uh, dude, they really uh, deliver. This is another one where I'm feeling shame that I don't have a Midnight City album. Uh, uh, forgive me, Rob. I love you. No, I, I just, you know, I feel bad. That I, 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 well, I do like their stuff. It's just, I feel like there's just I, a big problem with what we did here, too, is that, like, we're trying to cover 10 years uh, in, with 15 albums, and you just, there's something that's just going to miss your radar when you're putting the list together. But I think if I could do it all over again, I probably would have put maybe the second one, either the first one or the second one. But I, I do enjoy myself some Midnight City. Yes. Right on. All right, number four. Also, very happy to put this band uh, on my list. And I'm going with Battle Beast, self-titled album, man. We got power euro metal right uh but it's also oh, yeah. mixed with like if you mixed old accept and wasp and man of war and priest so you got that typical euro metal mixed with some of like our stuff that we're very familiar with from the 80s i love this album and the, this is the first album they did with their singer Nora. they've always had a female vocalist but she's been the vocalist ever since this album on and what's cool about this album i feel like her voice has softened up on later releases but there's certain songs, it's just so gnarly. It's like, how could a, this be a girl singing? Like, it's so, like I said, it just reminds me of the way Udo sings. It's just gnarly. You know, it's, it's sick. Really? But um, it's very 80s, very hooky in a lot of spots. Um, out on the Streets is such a great song. Over the Top. You've got to check out Over the Top, man. If it was done earlier in time, they had a time machine, it could have been in the Stallone movie Over the Top. Um, it, it, <laughs> maybe it is about the movie Over the Top. I have no idea. They just keep going, Over the Top. So that, that just reminds me of Except. Uh, Into the Heart of Danger, Black Ninja. Uh, and they, there's other albums that are after this, like the Bringer of Pain album is really good. But instead of just putting all this stuff, you know, every one of their albums on the list, this is the one that hooked me. Still think it's their best album. And I do think they lost a little bit. The guy, their main writer left, I think, the album after this one, Anton. And he now he does the band Beast in Black. Have you ever heard of Beast in Black? So he was in Battle Beast. So uh, he's very, most of his stuff is very 80s uh, vibe as well. But uh, yeah, give, give, if you like Judas Priest, Man of War, uh, Accept, and then you like Euro, you know, Power Euro Metal, modern stuff that's going on today. 
it's all kind of put in a blender, and it's great, man. Battle Beast. Damn, I have to check them out. I've never listened to them, so yeah. I'll check out that debut album. Golden, golden. All right, number three. Number three, another giant. I got Judas Priest, Firepower from 2018. Yeah. Yep, yep. Dude, what a what an album. What a great album. Um, Evil Never Dies. I mean, that ripping opening riff and that sneaky priest pre-chorus that absolutely sneaks up on you from that catchy mid-80s corner of Halford's brain. I mean, like, it's, it's one of those things where you go, wait, what? Like, you're going to incorporate some, like, almost pop metal into this pre-chorus of this hard rock metal song this is perfect like it just sneaks up on you and halford seems to do that all the time um never the heroes got that killer mid-tempo thing flamethrower is a good throwback i don't know it's just a solid a solid effort from these guys and um those guitars dude like they're just so ripping and heavy on this album and i don't know if you guys ever seen the the video of the guitar player that Suffered from the the medical emergency on stage, but he had a triple A. Oh, and was he? yeah, yeah. I mean that if you're not in the medical field, that that's like the kiss of death. Like if that happens, you dead. Like triple A, you're dead in like thirty seconds. You bleed. That's your aorta bursting, which is your entire blood supply to your entire system. And the dude played the entire song, played the solo in agony suffered from chest pain, runs off the stage, and collapses. And luckily, they were in a state that had, like, a cardiac specialist hospital, and they saved him. But that will kill you in you, – you drain out in under a minute if you, if you suffer this and you're not around the hospital. So this guy survived. He's still playing, and he played this <laughs> the entire, the entire solo – going through this so i gotta credit these guys for that one that's amazing dude he's so mad all this shit ain't gonna touch him not exactly <laughs> uh i wanted to put this on my list but this is this is an album that completely fell victim to what i've been talking about the whole time oh priest has got a new one let me scan it yeah it sounds pretty good i'm gonna give it a couple more listens oh wait somebody else has got a new album you know it's like we call it the squirrel we call that the squirrel you know what i mean the squirrel's just jumping from thing to thing or you know like a dog yeah, sees a, a ball you know yeah shaggy license plate um but um one thing i want to say about this there's one song that is very much connected to me which i think is one of their cooler tracks they've done in a long time is no surrender that's a great oh, yeah. song so catchy. I just wish they'd write more songs like that. They're always... They, all right, I don't want bad... I'm not bagging on Priest, but I always feel they have to... Uh, they always have to put that um, stereotypical fast track, you know, to start the... Like, I feel like they fall into a lot of traps, and I just wish they would just, just write some good, catchy songs. Don't worry about having, like, a speed metal song, you know, for the first track, and this for the second... You know, I feel like they follow a formula. A lot of bands do. It's not anything against them, but... Uh, yeah. Right. I just I do enjoy me some more catchier melodic priest. Oh yeah, well, hence the fact that Turbo was like almost my number one in eighty six when we did that one. But when you got a, a song called Locked In and Private Property and Parental Guidance, yeah. like those are my priest. You know, I have I have same. no shame in saying that those are perfect priest songs. Yep, I'm with you. 
All right, I'm very psyched. Uh, I'm, I'm psyched about all these top ones because I, I do. I didn't want to bag on this stretch of music because there's a lot of great albums. Lizzie Borden, My Midnight Things, man. It's like, it's very poppy metal. And it almost sounds like like an early 2000s album. There's a lot of effects and kind of a little bit of trippy electronic tones. And for an album that came out, uh, I was bad with my years. I didn't write my years, but I think it came out in 18. Uh, it's weird that it has that kind of a vibe. Uh, I believe it's considered like a solo album. It's not necessarily a band, Lizzie Borden. Oh, album. I see. But um, it is so catchy. The title track is so good. My favorite song is Long May They Haunt Us. It's That's such a melodic, catchy tune. Run Away With Me totally reminds me of something like Motley Crue could do the chorus. It just it just reminds me of something Vince would sing. Um, you got your hmm. typical you know creepy stuff like I'm uh, Obsessed With You. and uh, the light, I think it's the last song, We Belong To The Shadows. Uh, very, very cool vibe on that song but the one thing that's missing is all that dual guitar maiden Queensryche shit that he did you know in the, in the mid 80s um, like on visualize and stuff like that but um i don't know if it's necessary you know like i said good songs are good songs he's a great singer a lot of cool uh harmonies and i'm a big fan of this album i'll have to check it out i never listened to this album because i was focused on this 80s stuff <laughs> yeah well that's a good place to focus that is a good place, but, but this is good. if I'm hungry for more, I'll, I'll go to those those songs you mentioned. Yeah, good tracks. Okay, number two. I think I know what your one and two are. Uh, dude, I think these are going to surprise the crap out of everybody. Really? I got Steel, Steel City. Yep, and my next my next one might be even more of a surprise, but I got Steel City. So um, this is exactly what an '80s ripper band needs to do if they want to make the the fans of the '80s glam metal cast happy. So this is funny because you got two different lead singers, and I know you know this well because you, you interviewed one of them. But I, had these guys I got the you got Brian, yeah, you got Brian Cole on the first album and Rory Kathy on the second of Cold Sweat fame. Yep. And there's a big-time Vinnie Vincent comparison with me on this one because they did that singer swap. The second singer had a name. He was more popular. Yep. But I don't know who I like more. And they recorded Back on the Streets on their first album, nice. <laughs> which is also on the Vinnie Vincent album. So Sweet. to me, there's like this crazy comparison. But... um. I can't decide who I like more. It's it's not as heart wrenching as like Bon Scott, Brian Johnson, Sammy right. Hager, David Lee. Like right. those are obviously classic. I'll never decide, but I really like these first and only two albums from Steel City, and I love Cold Sweat. So I kind of tend towards it, yeah. but I don't know because that first album is really solid. So what a great album! I mean. If I'm going to be throwing out the heats and the midnight cities and the stations and this and that, yep. Steel City, like, dude, come on. This is this is hard rock, melodic hard rock, exactly how it should be delivered. So, like, you know, Kip Winger, take note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think there's a song called, like, Dead Man Tell No Tales, like on the second one. That's a great song. Yes. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. So I got to revisit that. I know I listened to it quite a bit. 
before the interview, and I, and I got to revisit it. But yeah, great guys, great band. Yeah, that one is uh, Dead Man number two on the for, or on the uh, Mach two second okay. album. Okay, yep, there we go. All right, well, number two, and wait a minute, I must add, I'm shocked right now at you that you have not put a Sammy Hagar album on this whole thing. He had to have done an album in this time period. Don't care, not incorporating it. Okay, all right. <laughs> I got you. Well, on the note he's of run that, his course. He's run his course yeah, in the yeah, he's I, metal cast. <laughs> all right, number two. Van Halen, different kind of truth, man. Uh, Ooh, wow, I love this album. You know, I, I'm not, the, I'm not like your biggest Van Halen fan on the planet. But when Van Halen is is hitting it and it's sounding good to me, I, I'm I'm in, man. And I know a lot of these were like old tracks that were from like their first demo that they revamped. Yep. I don't really care what it is. I'm just glad to hear Eddie and Dave doing something at least one more time. And thankfully they did because Eddie has now passed and. Uh, it would have been a shame if this didn't happen. But uh, she's the woman, right. so cool. As is, blood and fire, beats working. Oh, it, it's gold, man. I dig Ross sarcasm. Eddie's playing. I don't care that Michael Anthony's not back. I think I think uh, Wolfie does a great job. It just sounds good to me. I, I I was happy to get some Van Halen when this album came out. When did it come out? Twelve? Some somewhere around there. Uh... Yeah, twelve. Yeah, so I was happy, I, and I and I still could go back and when I hear some of those tracks, I'm like, this is great. This just sounds like the Van Halen that I remember. Uh, maybe a little, you know, worn in the vocal area, but I think he pulls it off pretty good. So I enjoy it. I really, really liked um, "She's the Woman" and "Blood, Blood and Fire." Yeah. Um, I I got I bought the album. I was super excited, and I do like it. It's in my honorable mentions, but. You know, I, just, I can't. Um, I can't incorporate it in, in even in a top fifteen. Even, yeah. as, it's hard for me. I got. You. And like I said, all a lot of my giants are in the honorable mentions. So yep. yeah, I got to throw out the randoms in there. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm, I'm very confused on what your number one could be. So let's hear it. Dude, I don't think anybody can predict this one. It's a band called Stormforce, and the album is called Age of Fear from 2020. And this album fits my tastes perfectly. And it's from the ashes of one of my favorite bands called Brighton Rock. The lead guitar player teams up with a little bit similar to the Brighton Rock kind of uh, acquired taste type of singer. But um, if every band could use this like updated recipe for the music the world would be a better place <laughs> um it's just a solid album and i wish that the classic bands would look at the way these guys wrote music for this album and kind of take note because i'll tell you what dude like if you put this side by side with something from 88 it might surpass it in in being just ripping so storm force age of fear 2020 from the ashes of Brighton Rock. It's it's great. Well, shit, man. You're number one. I'm going to... Even though a lot of times I say I'm going to check something out that you say and then I don't check it out. This one I got to check out because it's your number you one. You must. 
Uh, if you know what you do, you, if you message me with it, I'll guarantee I'll listen to it. If you don't, then I'll, right, I'll, I'll do it. Forget. Yeah, because uh, I'm a squirrel. Anyways, um, <laughs> number one. Angel, Risen. I think this is one of the best albums by any classic band. It came out in um, real bad with the years again. I think it was 18. It's 18 or 19, but it was pre-pandemic. And this is just awesome. Uh, I didn't think I was ever going to get another Angel album. I know Frank Domino did a solo album. Punky Meadows did a solo album. They sounded cool, but it's not Angel. Uh, They got a new lineup. And I think the thing that's really helping them is this guy... um, Danny Farrell, because he's their rhythm guitar player. He helps him write all the songs, and he's a big Kiss fan and a big Angel fan. So I feel like he's he's kind of helping them, you know, create things that are in the style of the '70s and whatnot. So I really like where they're going. Uh, this one's got some updated production, though. You know, it doesn't sound like a '70s album. Uh, we were the Wild is a great heavy tune. Shot of Your Love, I feel like, is if like if if Angel would have made a song in like 1989 in the hair model times, that Shot of Your Love would be that song. But then they do total like some of that kind of stuff that you don't really care for, like the keyboard rock and the progressive rock. You know, they, there's a song called 1975. And it really has like a whacked out keyboard solo at the beginning. And uh, it definitely sounds like a 70s song. They do some really sh- cool like uh, poppy tunes. I'm always down with like a real like something that could be like a poppy 60s song or something like that. Uh, so Tell Me Why is like that. And, and Turn Around just has that vibe of like a you know early 70s, late 60s pop song. But uh, they kind of give you a whole... Um, buffet uh, to put it i guess that way is heavy stuff uh commercial stuff light stuff ballads you know a little bit of everything songs that could be you know 70s songs that sound 80s songs of today so they just they just write good songs and it was good to see those guys back and uh frank Gimino was just on the podcast so it was good man it's a great album i definitely recommend it to to everyone so that's my number one well i was interested to hear what he was doing in the eighties when you, uh, when you interviewed him. Yeah. And that, you know, it, it's, it was kind of crazy. He was like, Oh, the eighties, ah, oh, it's just studio work. Yeah. Like, like, kinda, like you should have got a hair like, band. What? Going. <laughs> you should. I know. You could have like, had like a house of Lords band type of deal. Like, like, uh, like Greg Drafia did. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like Weird. if you say like, like some of these songs could have like shot, was a shot of love. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like that one could have been like a late eighties thing. Like, it seems like, a lo- like look at the like the even like sticks and triumph and like all these bands that were like very 70s early 80s ish they kind of thrived when it came to like late 80s stuff they yeah. kind of got more killer yeah <laughs> like totally. they could have been they, yeah they could have been that band i yeah. wish they would have stuck it out like remember uh, sticks did show me the way it was like early 90s or late 80s or something like that you know what i mean so um, yeah, yeah, they could have did it. So I got no honorable mentions. So <laughs> that's how that's how rough this 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 project was for me. So I got oh. so you could rip out uh, whatever ones you want to throw out there. So go ahead. Yeah, I got a band called Palace. Um, they're kind of like Station. They're kind of like more of like a Dare or Giant. Uh, seventh Key was Mike Slammer, um, Mitch Malloy, Fate, Bonfire, House of Lords, Reckless Love, Twenty One Guns. Um, Heaven and Earth, uh, ACDC had two, uh, Crocus, Scorpions, Van Halen, and Hardline. Mm, mm-hmm. 
So that's all for the honorable mentions. But, you know, there's my Giants were in the honorable mention. There was a couple, you know, Priest and yep. Def Leppard and, and whatnot. But other than that, it was just a lot of good random stuff that came out. Yeah, I feel I like this one because it's got a couple oddballs um, that maybe, you know, people just haven't heard. I feel like when you, you, you're throwing out Scorpions or you're throwing out Kiss and, you know, People are pretty familiar with most of their output, but uh, throwing out some of those uh, more unknown bands, hopefully people would dig them, you know? I'm excited about this one. Oh, you know what? I, I forgot to, to mention slash ask you. I'm surprised you didn't put Death Dealer on there. Oh, Ross the Boss's band? Yeah, I kind I like that shit. Yeah. There was two two albums, I believe, that fit the... Maybe even three that fit this uh, decade. The first one um, and the second one had different lead singers um but yeah i'm surprised you didn't have it on there i like that that's a good good band i thought i even like the ross the boss stuff so like i said i I feel like it was just such a large area of of time that you know some people just got lost in the mix so 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 if i see if you've been on the podcast and i didn't put your album on here please don't get offended it was it was nothing personal Except your pretty boy Floyd. <laughs> that was personal. No, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, nice. Oh, boy. All right, man. Well, this, this is was, cool. This is a fun one. Yeah, this was good. All right, bro. Well, it was good talking to you. Same here, man. Well, that was a fun one. Hope you enjoyed it. Rock on.